we go. Come. Am I there? Good morning. Sorry, now look at you and say good morning. <laughs> Lovely to be here with you all. As I've listened to the worship, which was awesome today, wasn't it awesome? So full of joy and expectation. And as I heard Marlene's word for us, I can just say with all my heart, God is speaking. And I pray that we'll open our ears, listen with our hearts, and allow him to change them, to not go out of here the same that we walked in this morning. As I've spoken to people this year, and as I last end of last year, and as I've, things have unfolded in front of me, so many of us, including myself, are riddled with stuff that we're taking into the year. I've made this slide, but I know it's really small. Um, I've never made a slide like this before. Next time I will make it bigger, so I apologize. Maybe the front guys can read it, but I'll read what I read, wrote here. And these, this is not definitive. It's just some thoughts that came to my mind or because of, I've had conversations with you. Dread of another year with COVID. Grief, some very recent, over the loss of friends and family. Unfulfilled hopes. Terror, fear of the political climate. I believe in the saving work of Jesus, but my spiritual life is stagnant. I'm not growing. I'm the same as I was last year and the year before and the year before. I'm overwhelmed with the expectations of this year. I can relate a little bit to that one. I don't want to hear any more Jesus talk. I've had enough. Just stop it now. Just, just say nice stuff. Maybe feel good. Stop the Jesus stuff. I'm plotting. I'm just going to do the best I can. Or maybe you have a label. I could ask it in a different way. Are you wearing a label for 2022? And again, I just put a few ideas. Too old. Been there, done that. White hair. Too young. Got to live my life. Give me a break. Unemployed. Horrid medical prognosis. My struggle. You don't know my struggle. My past. I'm not married. I'm childless. I'm financially insecure. And perhaps I'm absolutely wonderful. Pause a moment, please. What has God in this moment said to you? What are you carrying into 2022? Be honest with yourself. Not religious, honest. What label have you placed over your life? I'd love you to have pen and paper and write it down. But if not, please take note of it. Allow God into it. Last week, Glendon, just in his, during the worship, exhorted us that he felt this was a year of living by faith and not by sight. Then Terry shared wonderfully, I mean, who could share better, my dear husband? <laughs> he shared, but he did. He's got such a love for the Father, and I oozed out of him last week, didn't it? 
He loves. He's got such a deep pastoral love that comes from God and that he gives out to us. So today I want to go to Hebrews 12. I'd love you to read the whole chapter, but I'm going to jump around a bit today. And I'm going to start off in verse 22 and read three verses there. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect. To Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks to a better word than the blood of Abel. You have come. Not you will come. Notice that. You have come. Who? Anyone who's been redeemed, believes in, has the saving work of Jesus Christ. No one else. But if you're in that, that's you. You have come. Where? And there's that incredible list. To Mount Zion, to heavenly Jerusalem, to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, to God, to the spirits of righteous men, to Jesus, to the sprinkled blood. That is our position in Christ. That is your gift. If you are born again, it is your gift. You can never lose that. It's the reality now and forever. We sang that this morning. It's now and forever and ever. It's our reality. The question is, do we live by faith in that eternal perspective which starts now when we're born again? Or do we live by sight in the temporal now? That's a heavy question. Do we live by faith in the eternal perspective? Or do we live by sight in the here and now? Notice it all just started with but. And the rest of Hebrews and throughout the Bible we know God gets us. He says, you are but grass, here today, gone tomorrow, blown in the wind. We are so weak. He knows that. He gets us. And because he gets us, he's there to help us by his spirit, by faith, to live with the eternal perspective understanding us to the core. We sang today, he's madly in love with you. He is, madly. So I want to suggest to this big question and this big challenge, three components today, just three components that came to me that will help us in living by faith with an eternal perspective. And the first one, fueled by Love. Fueled by love. Going back to verse 1 to 4. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, 
and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. He starts that verse off with, therefore, and then he refers to chapter 11, which is all, we know it so well, I think, most of us. It's the hall of fame. It's Abraham and all the dudes who live by faith, even though they didn't achieve the promise. And he says, because they've done it, they were humans just like you, had all the challenges just like you, you can do it too. You're not alone. It's been done before. No matter what you're going through, you can do it. Why does, it's tough, eh? Why can't he say life is a bed of roses, tra-la-la, we skip along, little lambs, pretty butterflies. He doesn't say that. It says it's a race. A race that requires endurance. That means it's a tough race, doesn't it? It's a really tough race. But did you notice who's at the end of the race? Who's standing, sitting there, but stood up for Stephen, actually, but who's sitting there at the end of the race? Jesus. And he not only, God made this, he planned this race. Everything is according to his plan. Life is according to his plan. He's not mixed up what's going on now. He knows. He's holding us. He's holding eternity. He's holding the beginning from the end. But he didn't just make this plan and say, ha ha, you stupid little humans, see what you can do with this, huh? He didn't do that. He became a man and went through incredible trial and walked the race himself, step by step, to the point of a crucifixion at the end of it. Why? Because he loves me. He loves you intensely, passionately, and he's going to watch every step you're doing, and he's going to say, I know, I'm there with you. By his spirit, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. So we are fueled by this love. He sustains us. And because I'm fueled by love, what do I ooze out? Love. And I walk this road oozing love, not my love, but this incredible love. I lost a furry friend this week. I wasn't going to mention it, so I want to try. Very dear furry friend. An animal, my dog, gave me such sacrificial love. No matter how nasty or grotty I was, always there for me. Jesus is a hundred times more. A hundred million beyond imagination more. He's there for us. He's faithful. He's sacrificing. He's loved us. He did sacrifice. He's loving us, loving us. You are fueled by love. If you don't get anything else today, please, knowledge, I'm fueled by love. Secondly, not just fueled, it's done. 
Did you notice it was past tense? This one's ongoing. Pursue holiness. No, let's skip this one. Hey? <laughs> Therefore, verse 1 again, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also, let us also, let us, me, my decision, not God, you do that, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Last year in our detox series, we spoke about what's limiting us. You know, get rid of the stuff that's stopping us. We need to, okay, we need to travel light. I mean, when you're doing a race, as I think Glendon had that, but you're not going to lug along with a suitcase and that. Why would you do that? Why would you put the heaviest backpack on? But we do that, don't we? We, well, we try and do this race with all this baggage on top of us. We wonder why we're battling. We need to lay them aside. So why should I be holy? You know, really? You're just telling me it's just a God, Christianity, just a whole lot of do's and don'ts. No, it's not. It is definitely not. What's the only way when someone really loves you, what do you want to do? When you know you've been poured out with love, what do you want to do? You want to reciprocate, don't you? How can I bless them? Because he's fueled me with love, what's my response? Loving him back. And he says, be holy as I am holy. He says, walk upright. Not because I have to, because I want to. I really want to. <clears throat> I sang too exuberantly this morning. <laughs> one of the keys, and there are many, one of the keys to holiness is surrender. Just surrender. God, I just surrender my pain to you. I surrender myself Reliance to you. I surrender my offenses to you. I surrender my hurt to you. I surrender my self-satisfaction. I, I surrender my spiritual pride. I surrender, I surrender, I surrender. It's a key to holiness. Surrender. And I just wrote down four things. Instead of fear, choose empathy and hope. Instead of pride, choose humility and hospitality. Instead of bitterness, choose forgiveness. Instead of resentment, you're a sweetie pie, choose sacrificial giving. It's a choice. This week, I had, a, I had a dream, and I'm not a great prophetic dreamer, <laughs> but, I, I've, I, yeah, but I, I always, I, you know when it's a prophetic dream, because it's like so in your face, and so clear, and I just felt, so, I, so I'm in a lift, a lot of people in the lift, and I have two bags with me, and they're precious bags to me, so I put them down next to me, and I've got them sort of here. And this young man, very pleasant, really nice, starts engaging with me. I'm a friendly person. I talk to people, so I'm chatting with him, and he's, I, can't, I don't remember what he was showing me, but he was showing me, and I was fascinated. 
Anyway, we chatted, chatted, the lift arrived, and bent down, got, we got out, I got lift bent down to lift up my bags, and they were gone. I thought, yo, that was a decoy. And I thought, because once I knew it was spirit, I said, God, what are you saying to me? I don't, I don't know what this is. And it came very quickly. Little foxes. Song of Songs, written by Solomon, in chapter 2, verse 15, says, Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. What are little foxes? Those little sins. It's not really a sin. Nah. Not hurting anyone. Nobody knows about it. Keeps me sane. I don't know. You know what he's talking about. When God speaks like that, I know, you know, each one of you, what he's speaking about right now. The little foxes. Deal with it. God has given us a word direct from his throne. And the reality of of holiness, because he loves us, if we do not choose to obey when he speaks, by his word, written word, spoken word, however he speaks through, he can speak in so many myriads of ways. He spoke to us this morning through worship, didn't he? Through, the, through that prophetic word. You know what he does? He disciplines us. And if you read the rest of Hebrews, I'm not going to I want you to go there. Look, it says like a good father, we're our ch- his children, he's going to discipline us. But that's not fair. Out of love. Love that he wants us to be the best. He wants the best laney that he can make. That I'll allow him to do. Because I can resist. But he will persevere. I know. I don't know if you have those things. You think, oh, here I go again. Sorry, Lord, I'm just not learning this lesson. Just at the end, verse 11, just to wrap up the discipline thing, it says, For the moment of all discipline seems painful, indeed, rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Verse 12, Therefore lift up your drooping hands and strengthen you, you, Lift up your drooping hands. Not ask God, lift up my hands. You. Strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed. How do you react to discipline? Whatever that discipline is. And please, I'm not in any way um, putting down discipline, if you know what I mean. I'm not minimizing it. It can be really painful. How do you react? Oh, gosh. Call yourself a good God. This is not fair. Why is this happening to me? It's not fair. Don't you see the life I've lived? It's not fair. R.T. Kendall suggests that we surrender to God in the discipline. We do everything we can to correct it. We pray. Whatever needs to be done, we change attitudes. We change behavior. 
but we surrender to God. Lord, whatever it is you're teaching me, may I learn it fast. That's always my prayer. May I learn it real quick. It's not nice, but it has an incredible long-term effect. Incredible. So again, because where I want us to go, to, I want you to stop right now. I want us to stop again. You've written down where you are, how you're feeling, what your label is. Write down now, what is that little fox for you? Otherwise, we tend to just forget these things, don't we? We conveniently... If you haven't got paper, you better remember, hey? <laughs> Teacher Lane is speaking. There'll be a test. <laughs> What's the little fox? And if you don't see one, that's okay, but do ask him. And if you haven't got one today, guess what? It'll pop up. <laughs> if they do. And the third one, filled with gratitude. Filled with gratitude. Overflowing, bubbling over with gratitude. In the light of everything we've said. Verse 28, chapter 12. Therefore, after he's written all this stuff about discipline and where we've come and all this stuff. And he says, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, oh, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. When Jesus raised Lazarus, he looked up to heaven and he gave thanks. When Jesus fed the 5,000, he looked up to heaven and he gave thanks. There's many in one. Last one. 12 hours before he was about to go onto the cross. 12 hours. He broke bread with his disciples and gave thanks. What does that say? doesn't matter where you are. doesn't matter what circumstance you're in. He knows. He gets it. In the light of all I've said, give thanks. The word, the Hebrew, uh, Greek word for, for thanks is this word, eucharistio. The root word in it is charis, which means grace. And in the grace is kara, which means joy. There is joy always in gratitude. I don't have joy in my life. Gratitude. That's the solution. And the cool thing is, Paul says in Philippians, I've learned to be thankful. So we can learn to do this if it doesn't come naturally. How do you practically live it out? Two of my, I mean, there's many suggestions, but my two that worked for me. Firstly, make a list. Make a list. Every morning, first thing I do in my quiet time, 
as I look back over yesterday and I say, what can I be thankful for? Some days it's tough. Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross. That's a real thank you. Sometimes I can't stop writing this so much. But look for it. Alexander Schmemann says, to name a thing, in other words, is to bless God for it and in it. Isn't that beautiful? So you name it. You're blessing God for it and you're thanking him for it. And then the other is be prayerful. Be prayerful. Paul regularly links gratitude and prayer. Just two of them. Philippians 4 verse 6, one we know very well. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Prayer, thanks. And then 1 Timothy 2 verse 1. First of all then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Lainey, I do not have time to make lists and pray. Tolkien wrote uh, Lord of the Rings and all those, says, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. <laughs> we choose what to do with the time that God has given us. I believe we need to, something I had to learn more recently, I think, I was always living in tomorrow. I'm an admin-orientated, I'm a planner. I prided myself on being prepared, you know, for the next thing. And that's not bad, please hear me. I'm not saying it's bad. But what I was missing out on was this moment. I wasn't living in the moments. It was always, oh, I've got to do that and I've got to do that. And I had to change the way I think, continue my planning, but live in the moment. Tozer says in his book, The Pursuit of God, hear this, faith is the gaze of a soul upon a saving God. That an incredible definition for faith. The gaze of a soul upon a saving God. How do, what's that mean? It means seeing God in everything. Seeing him in everything. How? Notice it. Give thanks for it. Even in the dark, dark places. Laney, how can you say that? How can I see God in this dark, dark place? I remind you, where does germination, life, come from? The soil. What is the soil? Dark. Where did creation come from? Darkness covered the face of the earth. And God said, let there be light. A baby grows in the womb. It's a dark place. There's no light in the womb. And life comes. Jesus was in the tomb. 
he was dead. And from that came resurrection life. There is always, in God, there is always life that comes from the darkness when we choose to see God in it. So just last two things I felt to say. We're going to break bread. Uh, You should all have got a little cup. Ted, why don't you look at my bag? Mine's there somewhere. Okay, thank you. Two things. Just that I felt, yeah, after I, when I was finishing off. Guys, let us accept ourselves as we are. You are uniquely designed by a God who desperately loves you. Accept yourself for who you are. Don't try and be somebody else. With your gifting, your limitations, your challenges, your life, the hardships, the good chips, the whatevers, accept yourself for who God has made you and the life he has taken you. And then be very confident, convicted that God has conquered has conquered life and death. He has conquered it. He smashed it. And then we can say with the Hebrew writer, but I have come to Mount Zion. I have come to the city of the living God. I have come to heavenly Jerusalem, to innumerable innumerable angels in festal gathering. Say it, I have come. I have come. I can't hear you. Believe it when you say it. I want us to break bread together. But I want us to do, when I say together or whatever, let me explain myself. Individually. The only requirement to do this, the only requirement is that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. The word tells us not to take of this cup unless we know him as our Savior. If you don't, hold it, hold it, and pray. Because in one simple prayer, he can become your Savior today. And you can come into that, you can be able to join us and say, I have come. I'm born again by the saving blood of Jesus. Hold it and come to us afterwards. And let us help you to make the most important decision of your life. A decision that has eternal significance. One of my favorite, favorite hymns and tears. We want it played at our memorial. Just saying, don't forget. Long time away. (laughs) Be Thou My Vision. It's an Irish hymn. And this is sung by an Irish man. And I just want it played in the background. I didn't put the words because I just want you to hear it and let, let the words flow over you and let just this amazing song. Uh, don't cut it off at the end. It's got just a very poignant right to the last blink. Okay. <laughs> it's not too long. 
Uh, you take off the little lid, which I can never do, but you theoretically remove this little tinfoil lid. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. And no. Okay, you take off the th lid. <laughs> and at the top is a little wafer. Break the bread. Thank God for saving you. Thank God that his blood covers all your sin. If you need to confess that sin between you and God, and, and the same as you drink the blood, and just be grateful. <laughs> Guys, we have come. Let's, let's take an eternal perspective on this world.
mighty God, Savior of our souls, giver of life, eternal hope, my Redeemer. As that hymn ended, Lord God, we echo, Amen. So be it. So be it, Lord. Now, it's the last chord of this life on earth, and then forevermore with you, Jesus. Lord, I pray this morning that we be filled with a somberness and yet a rising joy. Joy. Joy of living today. Joy of each and every day. Joy of living with you, knowing that you are with us every single step of the way. And even when it's really dark, there's still a reason to look for you, God. Thank you for this time together, Lord God. I pray you bless us as we go our way. In the precious and holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, Lainey. There's always hope in this gospel, hey? Amen. Thanks for joining us this morning. Have an amazing week. Uh...